This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. The silver mines There's a kind-hearted woman She's looking so fine Always taking care of her community Bringing folks together Is her cup of tea She's out on the road And all over the web With a big smiling heart It's about town, Deb And welcome to this week's episode of City Talk. I am about town, Deb. Debbie McCarthy, your host. We are at the National Automobile Museum in Reno, Nevada, right by the river. And this is the first week of the month, which means I have Amber MF Hale keeping it real and leading with love. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm good today. Um, I'm a little tired. And yes, the cold and the wind has been making me a little grumpy. I'm looking forward to are the you grumpy? warmer, I'm a warmer little grumpy. spring days. Mm. You're a little grumpy? Not really. Kind of, I'm just tired. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think it's a win with me. I think mm. trying to multitask. Mm. I was trying to do that this morning with three different things. And I know there's something about when you multitask, you actually get less done. I think. I don't know. Anyway. Maybe you need some Adderall. Adderall. I don't need Adderall. <laughs> I, I need like sleep. Then get some sleep. I need That's some perfect. sleep. I need some sleep. <laughs> anyway, we have an amazing guest today. Um, and this is May and it's also mental health month. Mm-hmm. But it is also a big day in Reno because Monday was National Hope Day for the city so in Reno. Didn't you guys have well, like I'm, a mural? We did, but let me, we got to introduce Catherine. Oh, sorry, Catherine. sorry, sorry, sorry. I already, Catherine I already got introduced to I know, Catherine. I know. So, my so Catherine <laughs> Gitsky, you are amazing. And I have um, been following you for the last, has it been a year since you started the project in Reno? Yeah, over a year. Actually. Over a year. And yeah, you were in our PSA. I don't know I if you know, remember I, that. No, are you kidding me? I do remember. We had to do the whole Zoom thing, remember? Because yeah. it was crazy. And we it all was. like Zoomed in and we all like, you know, said what we felt about hope. And oh, nice. it was really cool i was really honored to be a part of that when so was that last year yeah, oh was it around ago. the same time because you may yeah. have launched it last I started in december so it's been about a year and a half mm, nice. oh, anyway oh, it was no. really cool she had amazing you know people that you know um shared what hope meant to them yeah so it was really cool mm-hmm. so we are um going to thank our sponsors. And then when we um, come back after, we're going to chat a little bit this first break. And then we come back, it's all going to be about keeping it real and sharing hope, how we can all do that. So sponsors, Crystal Basin Cellars, and they produce my wine label. So yummy, yummy. in case you're out there and you want to have your own label, we can make it happen. Home and, <gasps> ooh. I'm kidding. That's She's, too much work. No, it's not. It is a lot of work. <laughs> um, Home NV and Family Hope Project. Surratt Law Practice, Wild River Grill, and phoenixmedia.us, our engineer Christian over here, Dee Dee James, theme song, and caliber hair and makeup. So there's our sponsors. We couldn't do it without them. Did you have a busy weekend? Um, so my weekend, I was going to go out of town for like a uh, 
like a little day trip. But then I didn't because I decided that I needed to, you know, like do laundry and dishes and cook. (laughs) All of those those (laughs) life things. Um, But on Saturday, um, I worked uh, an event for um, Dorinda's Chocolates. We were sponsors for uh, the uh, garden party hosted at the the club at Ranchera by uh, the Junior League of Reno. So I had a really beautiful spread of desserts out there um and it was it was definitely cold and windy and all the women in their beautiful dresses and beautiful hats were just getting blown everywhere and it was it was a little sad because i'm like you guys are freezing and i wanted to wear a pretty dress too but i ended up not because i knew the weather was going to be terrible well, mm. I, to- I totally get that. So I <clears throat> went to wine country on Friday nice. with some friends just for a day trip. So that was nice. And we went to see Master Rosario, who's one amazing winemaker. He plays the, um, the saxophone mm. and he just sold his winery. So this was mm. our last Last hurrah. Yeah. Goodbye. So that was yeah, really nice. sad because he is just amazing. So we did that. And then um, I went, so Sunday, I went to Great Basin. They're, they're on beer, they're taps on, beers on taps, taps on beers. And anyway, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I, we, there's a new artist in town. He's six, no, 16? 16. No, she was 16. He's, I think he's, he's first year at UNR. So would mm, that okay. be like 18? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 18, 19. He was 18 or 19 and it's Jakota Wass, W-A-S-S. So I see, I see mm-hmm. the, yes, it's country music. I see. Country. I know it's not your favorite, but <laughs> I'm okay. telling you, this young man was so polite and he was up there and he <laughs> sang for hours and he got us all like moving and grooving and oh, all the yeah. songs were really so heartfelt. I mean, he- Were they his songs? Yeah. Oh, wow. He had some covers, but my favorite one is the Battleborn one. And mm. and he talks a lot about Reno and Nevada. Um, Here Comes Trouble was kind of a fun one too. Um, Hometown Boys. But he wrote, he, there's eight eight songs on his um, CD here that his dad gave me. His awesome. dad came up and his dad oh. was so cute. He goes, because I was taking photos, you know me, I take yeah. photos and videos just yeah. because. Yeah. And, he's, and he was wondering like who I was taking these photos. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm just little old Deb taking photos. Little old Deb. Just taking I'm photos. about town Deb. <laughs> I wanted to add some emphasis Thank on the you. end of that, but I didn't. But it was really it. cute though. So anyway, his dad said, you know, can you share those with him? I said, oh, I'm going to do yeah. a video and post it. And he's already gotten, on, on one of the posts, somebody already said they want to hire him awesome so i'm excited and we're gonna have him on the show because seriously to find young men like this who are like good people like Mm -hmm. he's from good you know his genes are good well he does have cute genes (laughs) anyway so that um and then i've been working on the biggest little bites pass which Mm. yeah we know there's a lot of local businesses, so you can reach out to About Town Deb on my page. And it's um, only local Reno Sparks businesses. And it's not really an app. It's on your phone. So it's like a downloaded thing. And you pay like a month. It's only like $9.99 a month right now. Right, yeah. So one month, three months, or six months. And then you have over 40 businesses and you get buy one, get one different mm-hmm. deals off. So awesome. biggest little bites pass. Very so there's cool. my shout out for that. So we're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to be talking to Catherine and um, she has lots to say. And we want you to really listen hard because I'm telling you since the pandemic, we all need some hope mm-hmm. and you're going to give us tools how we can get that hope. So yeah. it's about town, Deba city talk. We will be right back. Now more than ever, family matters, and Surratt Law Practice has your family in mind. 
Kimberly Surratt and her team have been helping maintain healthy families through their holistic approach to adoption and surrogacy, child custody, estate planning, and more for over 13 years. Your family law concerns are in caring hands with Surratt Law. Schedule your private consultation with a compassionate Surratt Law practice team member today by calling 775-636-8200 or visiting lawyersforfamilies.com. Surratt Law, where family matters. She's out on the road and all over the web with a big smiling heart. It's about town, Deb. My town, your town, or any town, this is About Town Deb presents City Talk. Now back to the show. And welcome back to City Talk. I'm About Town Deb, Debbie McCarthy, your host. We are at the National Automobile Museum in Reno, Nevada. And Catherine, I'm so excited to have you on the show. And I got, you know, yesterday we were out in the wind in downtown Reno and (laughs) we were with amazing um, community leaders and they were sharing why it's important for them to be involved in it. So right before you share your story, we have a quote. I always want to do, I want to do one per thing here. Let your hopes, not your hurts shape your future. Yes. Robert H. Schuler. So I I think that's really important because I think a lot of us focus on our hurts yeah. and it's hard to let go of the hurts Absolutely. and until we let go of the hurts and let the hope shine through, mm-hmm. we're not going to move very far. So yeah. I would love you to share about how you started the hopeful cities and the organizations, how it came about. So this is all you right now. All right. Let's well, go thank for it. You. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here today. And it's been such a journey with Reno on hopeful cities and mm. activating hope around the city. Um, where we began, well, I began actually this work almost 18 years ago is when I started my nonprofit foundation. Wow. Yeah. That's a long so, time. She long looks time. way too young. 18 years ago. <laughs> Seriously. She, uh, so, um, yeah. And I started it, I was starting my own brand and company and I wanted to do what we now kind of call social impact, but at the time it was cause marketing for nonprofits as it relates mm. to mental health. So you put a little logo on the front of the package and you say, we support this cause. And for each product sold, we donate to it. And I was looking at the um, branding around mental health and just found it to be so depressing, you know? I mean, right. yeah. the imagery mm-hmm. that was used, the people like hiding alone in the corner and that's what (laughs) depression and anxiety they said look like. And I Mm -hmm. thought that's not relatable at all. So I struggled myself with anxiety and depression. It puts like this, this view on it, you know, that's where the stigma comes from. Absolutely. Let's let's get rid of that. I know because it's really everyone, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. so it can happen to anyone. So I lost my dad when I was 18. He died by suicide. And then I had my own attempt in my 20s, even though I thought I would never do something like that because of the impact, you know, we know it has on other people. So I got a really profound understanding of just mental health, depression, suicide. And so I started this nonprofit. Well, so I started my company. Then I started the nonprofit by default because of just the branding that I thought we have to rebrand mental health. So I spent, I got my product line and with celebrities and in retailers. And I um, ended up getting my brand in Lowe's Home Improvement. Wow. We sold 9 million products. We raised, what kind of products? Yeah. So what they're kind called of mood lights. Yeah, Wait, mood lights. Mood lights. Yeah, and they were colored light bulbs at the time based on how colors impact moods. And it mm. was, I had Leatrice Eisman as the director of the Pantone Institute, and I studied with her on color color therapy and, and color theory and how we relate to color. And so, um, yeah, created cool. this line. Yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> and um, 
So I got it in retailers and then we raised a bunch of money. And and because I came from a marketing and business kind of standpoint, I got really engaged in the global community. So I was asked right away to join the global mental health movement, which is um, a global organization working around the world to um, address mental health and stigma and and then started attending the World Health Organization's wow. events every year, and just yeah, it was it's been a great. That's privilege. amazing. Yeah, wow, that is that is a privilege. I know, absolutely. And so I'm learning from all these incredible, amazing experts and scientists. I spent ten years probably just focusing on rebranding depression and how to get celebrities engaged and talk about the biology of the brain and really use imagery that isn't reflective of someone in the midst of a depressive episode, but just that really represents people with depression. Mm-hmm. And anxiety, which is anyone. Anyone. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, from, you know, like a young teen to even, because even with my dad, I was his caregiver for 10 years. And there was, you know, he lost my mom. And then, you know, he had us, we moved him to my house, to Reno, and Mm -hmm. he did not want to leave his home. He didn't, he wanted to stay in him. I'm like, Papa, like the doctor said, you got to go in a home or go in a home. You're moving in with me. Yeah. And he was so depressed. I mean, and he didn't know that he was depressed, but you know, I ended up taking him to doctors. He had, you know, he had to go talk to somebody and he didn't want to go do that. He goes, I'm like 90. I'm like, why do I need to go do this? But he was depressed. All kinds, all kinds of people. I mean, there's postpartum depression as well. Absolutely. Yep. Young kids are struggling mm-hmm. so much. It's happening in earlier ages. So it's, yeah, it's really growing. And so I, I started that work. And then I, when I got some funding for the nonprofit through my company, I said, I want to look at a programmatic solution for suicide prevention. But that was really preventative in nature. Like if I want to prevent my own suicide, if I want to teach people how, like what really is underlying causing suicide and hopelessness is really the single consistent predictor of suicide. Mm. And it's also predictive of addiction and violence and self-harm and crime and all kinds of kind of negative outputs of society. And most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, well, why don't I know what hopelessness is and why don't I know how to manage my hopelessness? And so we looked into the research on hopelessness and it's both despair. So you feel horrible and it's helplessness. So you feel powerless and like you can't take action And so I thought, well, why don't we teach people how to get from despair to feeling better and how to get from helplessness to action? And so we created a program. We started with 10 lessons. We moved to 12. We just, um, during the pandemic, I rewrote the curriculum and we have 16 lessons, a deep dive now into all of the science of really how you manage your despair. I mean, so it's about, you know, if we don't manage our hopelessness, we go into a depression. So, you know, for instance, your dad, like the despair, if you're not really proactive. So we teach stress skills. So how do you identify and manage the stress response? How do you, how do you proactively manage that sadness, that fear? You know, there's those things that bring us stresses because we know the neurochemistry and what happens in our body when we have elevated stress hormones. Well, it's you kind know, of the same thing like when you're happy. It's all chemicals. It's it's all chemicals in your body. And that's when, when people, I feel like, I feel like nowadays people understand and accept depression more and those things like that. Um, Whereas like 30 years ago, it's like, why are you sad? Choose to be happy. It's literally chemical compounds in your brain that are dictating how, how your brain is functioning. And that right there, I feel like is pretty simplistic. So it happens like, yeah, just like how, when you're happy, you get the dopamine rush. Exactly. Same thing. Exactly. And it's literally proven. Yeah. 
Totally. And when you're under massive stress, we usually stop doing the things that are healthy for us because (laughs) we're stressed. I I know. And that's what could lead to anxiety, to panic. Like we've got to be really proactive during Mm -hmm. those times about managing our stress and doing things that reduce stress. And then also practicing things that bring us happiness and joy and those positive chemicals. I like doing that. Yeah. Right. She's good at that. (laughs) Yeah. It's good. See, But I I think there's a lot of times where people expect you to be happy. Like Uh, they don't don't understand why you aren't happy one day or why, yeah. you, why you're not smiling or maybe I just don't want to smile today. I know. But people yeah. look at it like, oh my gosh, yes. like you're not perky Debbie. I'm like, I can't be perky every minute. Yeah. But, th- but then you feel bad because people yeah. are wondering what's wrong and then you think, is there something wrong? I don't know. I know. And then you kind of, yeah. it's like get this, it's, it's like you're in this circle yeah. and you're just spinning and yeah. it's hard to get out of spinning. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, um, but you yeah. have tools that will help us. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's a big, a big part of that too, is learning how to like feel your emotions. Cause we turn to things like addiction or violence because we're escaping our emotions because we want to feel happy. We want to feel better. We're told not to be sad or not to be angrier, but our emotions are our biggest <laughs> indicators of really what we're passionate about and why we're oh, yeah. here and what we're here to do and what we really care about. And it's amazing to care about things, mm-hmm. you know? And so how do we put that to good use instead of turning to addiction or things that harm ourselves and others. So that's really what it's all about. So uh, what I want to do is step back a little bit. So with your nonprofit, what is your nonprofit called? Yeah. So and let's talk about that. Cause you, <laughs> yeah. you know, you had the vision yes. and then you have the nonprofit. And yes. Then so international from there. Yeah. International foundation for research and education on depression. Um, but we actually were working on changing that, crossing out the name and putting hope in there. Nice. Yeah. I like that. But I don't think we'll call it IFRA. We'll just mm-hmm. keep it the IFRED. IFRED. <laughs> so, yeah. It's actually named after my brother, Fred, who's been oh. a tremendous source of support for me throughout the years. Oh, that's See, beautiful. That's, yeah. that's what I, okay. Because I keep, yeah. like, you know, tagging IFRED. I'm like, yeah. what does IFRED have to do with <laughs> hope? I was yeah. so confused. But see, that's yeah. why I wanted you to share. Yeah. Um, that even makes yeah. it more special. Yeah. You know, that mm-hmm. it's named really after cool. him. Mm-hmm. And it's so important. Our networks are critical and key to us getting through challenging times, having supportive and kind of nourishing networks and he's been a really great support for me so yeah well so is he older or younger he's a year older yeah oh so you're yeah close in age so then that means he has been right by your side through all of this yeah absolutely yeah absolutely so then we developed hopeful minds and so now it's an evidence-based program that's free and used around the world we've got over 2,000 educators that have downloaded it and are using it and and I've studied with with kids on focus groups in Malaysia and Northern Ireland and, you know. Wow, how did, that's a big deal to be doing that. It's really been wild, yeah. So just learning about hope and across cultures and. Um, oh, it's been, interesting, yeah. 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 I, bet, I yeah. bet there is some cultural differences within like, you know, these types of things. Yeah, I mean, it's, they, they, if they think it's associated with mental health, it's, they think it's associated with mental illness and something's mm. wrong with them and you separate them out. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about hope and hopelessness, it's something really everyone needs to understand yeah. and know. And that's more of a universal. It's kind of a of, simplified version of, of looking at it. Like yes. when, when you, when you put it into that perspective, yeah. it just kind of clicks yeah. a little bit easier, you know? And I think it is because yeah. of the stigma and I, and I fight against that, but still like yeah. even me, yeah. You know, it's like kind of instilled down in there. It's I like know. when you put it's it so, when you when you yeah. look at it that way, it's like, oh, yeah. wow, that's easy. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. 
Well, I tend to take very complex things and try to simplify it. (laughs) But, you know, (laughs) I've been around all of these incredible experts and just listening to them and learning and it's infused in everything we teach. And yet it's a much simpler, at least for me, way to manage it. So I have suicidal ideations. I just think they're a normal part of my life. And I immediately will think, what am I hopeless about? And so Mm. I start, and then I start identifying the despair and the helplessness and how can I address both of those? How can I identify and manage my emotions and how can I get from helplessness to action? Okay, so So with that thought, we're going to hold off and come back. We're going to take another break and we'll be right back. I'll tend up. You know that's what she said. Come on, let's have some fun with the Bowtown Deb. My town, your town, or any town, this is About Town Deb presents City Talk. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to City Talk. I am About Town Deb, Debbie McCarthy, your host. We're at the National Automobile Museum. That's such a handful to say. In (laughs) Reno, Nevada, right by the river. And speaking of being in Reno, Nevada, right by the river, yesterday... We had an amazing turnout for your hopeful cities, and um, it was Nash- Happy International Day of Hope, and our mayor was there, lots of community people were there. What? How did I not hear I about this? I don't know. I'm just saying. So I yeah. actually, you, you guys just recently painted a mural downtown, we right? Did. Where was this mural at? It's on Reno City Center's building. Um, oh, wait till you hear more about that. Yeah, I know the artist, Haley yeah. Meadows. Like, yes. Isn't she amazing? Yes. Yes. With the Cat Cafe. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. So um, I originally saw the her painting the giant sunflowers. Oh. And then, Deb, you start sending me the stuff about today's podcast. And I'm like, I wonder if the giant sunflowers that Haley was painting have something to do with that. <laughs> it, it did. Yeah. It totally the biggest little did. city in the world. Yeah. 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 And so our biggest little city, there's so much that goes on in any city that we don't always know about because we're busy doing our thing and working every day. But we don't understand that behind the, you know, behind the infrastructure mm-hmm. of the city hall and the everybody who does everything. Um, there's a lot going on and our city was gracious enough and brave enough to take on your project with the hopeful cities. And I think, are we the first one? Yes. The first so one. So talk about Oh my that. gosh. I want to know. Tell she's she's going to tell you more. <laughs> so tell us. Yeah. Well, it's a work in progress first <laughs> of all, but yeah, the event yesterday was amazing and we got to bring out some incredible community leaders. It started when the mayor gave me a call and she said, we should do something like a city like kindness they do for kindness and peace (laughs) Mm -hmm. in the city but for hope and I thought okay so we looked into it and I developed this hopeful kind of city's plan and kind of set ideas on a playbook so it started you know we want our kids taught hopeful minds so we Mm -hmm. got 11,000 booklets out in the Washoe County School District it's a big deal this is a big deal Teaching little kids the how to hope because we know if you teach them before yeah. the age of ten, they just like they just soak in all that information. Well, if, they, and, if they have those skills, yes, you know, initially, yeah. then they can like you know. I I know that me and my friends help each other, and we yes. talk about our feelings and emotions and all of those things. And it's like, could you imagine like learning this at a younger age and, and like how much that'll just affect you growing up, like your understanding and like totally. your social skills in general. That's yes. amazing that you guys are doing that. Wow. Yeah. It's been really wonderful. And, and 
not just our own social skills, but recognizing, like we teach our kids about the upstairs and the downstairs brain and the downstairs brain. So is, talk about that. Yeah. Cause I was yeah. reading that on yeah. my post. I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I still oh, I don't, don't understand. understand. I've never heard of upstairs, have, downstairs brain. Yes. I think mine's all mushed together. So, <laughs> well, as so I explain said, that. Yes. I try to simplify things. Um, <laughs> so the downstairs brain is our kind of reptilian brain and that's where a stress response is. That's when we're in fear mm. or we're sad or we're angry. So those, and when we're in those states, those emotional states, we can't be in our upstairs brain, which is when we're happy and collaborative. Oh, like so, and so, highs and lows. That, yeah. 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 so I'm thinking like yeah. downstairs brain is like fight or flight mode. Yes, Ooh, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. And so, and you can't learn when you're in that state. So no, you're stressed out and it's yeah, annoying. It is horrible. <laughs> and so, and that's again, why we turn to things like addiction, because addictions feel mm. better in that moment mm -hmm. than that stress or acknowledging what the stress is about and listening to what it's telling us and then learning how to take action. And so, yeah, we teach our kids about that. And they say, not only can we now learn, understand our own when we're in our downstairs brain, but we can understand when other people are in their downstairs right. brain, mm -hmm. which is so Key, key and yeah. critical like if you notice someone's in their downstairs brain and they're angry or they're yelling or you're not going to be able to you know you cannot function properly no. it won't your conversation yeah. will not go anywhere yeah. yeah exactly i mean we do know that will smith was in his downstairs brain <laughs> oh yeah he, <laughs> he, was, he was triggered but i mean that's a perfect example of mm. what happens we have this flood of chemicals this norepinephrine this adrenaline that go through our body the cortisol mm -hmm. and you can't access your thinking and you're thinking clearly and until you learn how to manage that stress response and sit through those it's a 90 second process where those chemicals flood throughout your body until you learn how to sit through those 90 seconds without reacting, you're going to constantly make your life harder. So what do you do during so, those 90 seconds? Anything. As, <laughs> as the person is going can. through it. But if you're the person with the person going through it, yeah. how do we watching that, how, so, what, yeah. what tools can we use to go, okay, yeah. do we just let them be? Do yeah. we give them space? Do we try yes. to help them out of it? Yeah. What, what would you I would do? Say, I would say breathing. So I've done this with little kids modeled through behavior, just, oh, like put your hand and breathe deeply. And then they calm down and then they solve the problems on their own. Mm -hmm. Or you just give them the space. You don't engage. And mm -hmm. right. yeah, I witnessed my dad exploding all the time and I just try to fix him and I'd always interject and I could never just give them the space to let that kind of cycle through. I had Mm -hmm. none of that wisdom so i like the whole stopping and focusing on your breathing because then it distracts you and it makes you do something and you stop thinking because you're focusing on the breathing part absolutely i like that absolutely and then we also know that so heart rate variability is a measure of your stress response mm -hmm. and when you breathe slowly in your belly you improve your hrv so it's not so what just, is your, I've your already learned so much. <laughs> I'm I, like, I can't so wait to handle my emotions better. <laughs> I yes. know. Yeah. Well, it's a process. <laughs> you know, I believe you. It's simple, but it's not easy yeah. as I say. So yeah. on my social media today, mm -hmm. I posted some skills and it was oh. saying to, to take your 90 second pause, yes. mm -hmm. the clear button, yep. deep breathing yep. and doing mindful meditations. Yep. Cause I mean, yep. it's hard if, if you're in that, mode yes that's probably the last thing you want to do is, is. like you don't want me to meditate i know don't tell but, me to calm down don't tell me to, yeah, yeah i know how often I do you know. hear that right i'm not mad I know. It's not, you're like okay <laughs> i know and now i'm stressed because right. you're stressed i know but then yeah. um the, uh, the next um line down it says setting per 
purposeful, purposeful goals. Um, And this is a big deal. I know it's going to sound silly because it said even to make your, your bed every day. Because like, you know, if I do that, no, I, I was not as a child, I couldn't leave my room without my bed made. But, um, I know that when the pandemic was going on, um, like the first part of it, um, I was really, I was out walking. Mm. I was walking every day. I was hiking and I, it was by myself. And I really, I'm not usually ever by myself. I'm always Mm. with people and I really enjoyed it. And I noticed that, and I was trying to get up, make a list. I made my bed every day and I had all this extra time. So I was so, I felt so happy and then mm. everything opened back up and I'm crazy again. And I'm <laughs> going from here to there. I don't unpack the suitcase. I mean, yeah. it's just, I, I'm in a frazzle right now at home. Yeah. So, I, but when I took that challenge on yeah. my life, it was simple, but I'm telling you, I, I'm just being open and keeping it real. I, I know. I, 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 I've been struggling. So, yeah. um, but that is something that you can do. Um, but there was one other one that I, I, I am paying attention to them. I'm trying to find it on my phone in case they're watching. Um, <laughs> But there were some other positive ones. Do you know them offhand? Because my phone just like lost them. Yeah, for happiness habits. Yeah, the happiness, happiness habits. habits. Yeah. yeah, it's really that's cool. The, that's the like me in videos. Yeah. I mean, anything you do that brings you joy. And we lose a lot of that when we grow up. Like what brings us joy? So think about what mm. you love to do as a kid. See, I feel mm. like I overindulge sometimes and I and I make a big list of all of my happiness habits and I want to do Ooh, them all. Yeah, like, like all at once. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, I don't I want to do a garden and I want to start yeah. painting and I want to make jewelry and See? visit people and go on trips. And yes. those are because I like to fill my life with things that make me happy. Yeah, absolutely. And bring you joy. And it's so important to do again, mm-hmm. especially during times of so during the pandemic, what happened? A lot of people isolated. They didn't get out. They stopped exercising. They stopped doing all of those things that bring those positive hormones and into our system. And, and then the stress response was super activated. And that's why we know anxiety and depression increased. And, and yeah. you know, and that's why it's important during challenging times that we are more proactive. But like a lot of times, if we lose someone, we feel like someone passes in our life. We feel guilty for doing things that bring us joy. But really, it's important even more so to to kind of activate that in, in our body because there is a biological impact of not doing so. Wow. It's yeah. like incredible. It is. Yeah. You're, you're I mean, it makes total sense. It really does. So what, so yesterday you had a lot of people that let's go back to that because it's not just the schools (laughs) you have, you have our police department, the sheriff's department, um, karma boxes. Um, it's like everybody has grabbed onto this and they're teaching the skills to their people in their departments. Because if you're a first responder, you think about all of the, oh my gosh. I couldn't imagine. I, I know it's, it's scary. Yeah. So yeah. You know, how did you get them involved? And I know. I that's mean, it's just been, they just come to you proactive about, yeah. I mean, it's been both, but it's, um, you know, looking at populations that are high in hopelessness, we know the second aspect of hope is goal direction and goal theory and taking action that inspired action. So we teach a lot about that, but when we encounter a lot of barriers to our goals, that's when hopelessness can, that despair and helplessness can set in. And so 
communities that are very high in hopelessness are those that are really stressed out, that they have challenges in their jobs. So we heard Grant from Karma oh. Box talking about, you know, how he's got to really activate hope in his employees. Employees, because they're one step from being hopeless mm-hmm. as Absolutely. it is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so how do we help them proactively manage it? We know hope is super important in the workplace. So how do we activate hope in the workplace? We have posters on our website that any of the, the you're looking at them actually it's, right it's now. Incredible. You can download <laughs> yeah. and, and start learning about how to activate hope in your life. Okay. Happiness habits, invigorating music. I I love. I have a speaker in my Uh, house, and it is constantly going. And when I'm when I find myself going, "Mm, why do I feel like this? I'm like, turn some music on and get going. And then I'm just dancing around my house. It totally helps. It's It's crazy. You have to turn the music on. Yeah. But we have to be intentional about it too. Like mm-hmm. it sounds like you're really good about I try. being she hard. <laughs> all the time. Good, I know. Okay. It's almost time yeah. for the break. So yeah. tell us the website. Hopefulcities.org. So, pretty easy. Yeah. Hopefulcities.org. So any city can activate it. Yeah. We're even police teach little kids about hope and the stress response and how to manage it. I'm so glad we're talking about this. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. I'm so it's, glad. No, it's, it's, no, it's, it's amazing. I wish my grandparents could have had this. Oh. I know. Yeah. It's everything I wish my dad would have known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to take yeah. a quick break and we'll be right back for our last segment. It's about town Devil City Talk. Ready to help from her toes to her head. Just give her a shout. Call about town Deb. My town, your town, or any town. This is about town Deb presents City Talk. Now back to the show. And welcome back to City Talk. I'm About Town Deb, W. McCarthy, your host at the National Automobile Museum. And I'm going to do one more quote, and then I'm going to hand it over to Amber, because the last segment, I always want Amber, I never know what she's going to say. She doesn't I, tell me. I love to talk. No, and she's good, and she's very wise. So here, I like, I like this quote. Walk on with hope in your heart, and you'll never walk alone. Very nice. I have so many hope quotes because every day, if you look at my, if you look at About Town Deb, every day I am posting, I'm doing the challenge and I picked a quote every day. I picked a really cool song and I'd love you to check it out at About Town Deb. So, and before I forget, Grandma B, Ellie, I always do a shout out Mm -hmm. to them. Papa and Aunt Glenda and Nana up there. I love you. Okay, Amber. I have no idea what she's going to say, guys, so I don't know. Hang on. So I love that. So your hope, your whole initiative for hope, and you guys built, you guys did that amazing mural downtown, and your (laughs) symbol is uh, sunflowers, and I think that's (laughs) perfect. I'm for spring. I'm a very, very uh, seasonally uh, infused kind of person. So um, actually last time I was on here, we talked about the beginning of spring and right now yes. we're about halfway through spring. Wow, already? So I know. How did that right? happen? Um, yeah. So I wanted to kind of touch on a little springy topic. Um, are you guys familiar with the word Twitterpated? Twitterpated? Twitter. What is Twitterpated? This always happens. Twitter-pated. Oh my God. Is it when you're real excited and you're like yes, Twittering? Yes. So Twitterpated. <laughs> Twitterpated. The first time I ever heard of the word Twitterpated, it was from Bambi, the Disney movie oh. from 1942. Um, and the owl in the in the movie, he says, nearly everybody gets Twitterpated in the spring. And I always use the word Twitterpated and nobody ever oh. knows what it means. And I'm like, have you not seen Bambi? Like I use that word all 
all the time. So I wanted to see if you guys like were familiar with it. No, that's so Twitter painted. That's so funny. So I love Bambi. (laughs) So Twitter painted is defined uh, according to uh, the dictionary as infatuated or obsessed in a state of nervous excitement. Um, And then Urban Dictionary. Oh yeah, what's that? (laughs) Urban Dictionary's definition of Twitter painted (laughs) is to be swept off your feet by someone you're you quite fancy a very strong oh, feeling of love and affection oh, i want to um, be twitter pated <laughs> so yeah springtime everybody's twitter pated maybe you your twitter patient could be right around the corner deb i'll look around um, the corner when i walk out <laughs> but people always have i feel like different views on um, the of, of just emotions in general such as being twitter pated and like having a crush on somebody and those types of things and how you're supposed to react and handle those emotions. Um, And I believe that you should keep yourself open always, you know, and I believe that you should allow yourself to feel those feelings. And I feel like there's a lot of people now that, you know, kind of, there's a lot of promotion of like, oh, like don't text this person back. Don't give them, don't give them attention. Give them the same same. I'm tired of these darn rules. That's what I'm saying. Wait two days. No, no, wait three days. Oh, yeah, exactly. And we all naturally have these, these safety nets, some bigger than others. Some people's safety net is a little like, "Mm, I don't know how I feel about this. And some people have giant walls that barricade them in. So, I just wanted to kind of open up the floor to talk about when you do feel Twitter painted in those things, what happened? Like, do you have those giant walls or do you allow yourself to feel your emotions and fall in love over and over again? Why not? How do you, how do you go about that when you feel those things? Because I feel like there are these rules in place and, and some people like, I know people that expect you to follow the rules and it's like, why do you have to follow those rules? Is it, is it really going to be damaging to you if you open yourself and feel those emotions and allow yourself to be Twitter painted? I, I think I feel Twitter painted, but then I put walls up. Mm. I do. So why do you do that? Because I do because I feel like, I don't know, I feel like if I get too close, if it doesn't work, I'll get hurt. Or mm. I, I, I'm really careful. You know, you know that. I'm very, I would rather feel Twitter painted with somebody who lives in a different city. Than my own city because I feel safer. So if it doesn't work, nobody knows. But if you're in your own city, I think there's like rules. Oh my gosh. What if you date someone in my own city and if it doesn't work and then, oh my gosh, everybody's going to know. So I tend to put more walls up probably, or I sabotage. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I Twitter, then I sabotage. I untwit. <laughs> I tweet, untwit. Twit. No. I, untwit. <laughs> I don't know. It's your no. turn. It's your, oh, Catherine, it's your turn. When you feel no. those Twitter painted feelings. What do you do? How do you I, handle that? Yeah, I do not follow the rules. I think the rules are just so overrated. They're stressful. That's just me. Yeah, they are. And we all have our individual way. I think just honesty and openness. And I go, I mean, I go back and forth between running and running towards and running away. Well, that's, you know? see, that's <laughs> kind of like, like putting up a wall when you're absolutely, running away. Absolutely. But I think it's just like getting aware of doing that and like being able to sit in it. And why do we run from pain? Like what's wrong with falling in right. love and then getting hurt? I mean, that's, right. you know, I've done it. Yeah, and guess what? Right. That shit sucked bad. I and know. then I got over it. Yeah. And then and you start over again. And then it was fine. And I don't have that stabby, yeah. stabby chest feeling anymore. Yeah. So absolutely. Open yourself up in love, but it's hard. Yeah, so it I'm stressing yeah, right now just hearing this. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I can't breathe. No. 90 no. second stress. We triggered breathe. something. I just got, I, I need yeah, a 90. Yeah. You guys talk while I, I take 90 seconds. I find that when, 
when I am in those moments of like being scared, you know, that, that yeah, fear right. kind of takes over yeah. and you go, okay, so like, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if it doesn't work out and yeah. you try to untwit? I don't want to untwit. That's even painful as well. Yeah. So you I just got to like go through it you have and to then come out on the it. other end. Yeah. And get back to the present moment. So many of those things that you're talking yes. about. There you are, go. Those, that's yes. our fifth key to hope is eliminating uh, those challenges that are those thinking patterns. Get out of your head. Rumination, the worry, the internalizing, the failure of the breakup, you know, controlling things outside of your control, just kind of all of <laughs> those things. It's so true. I just, would just rather not deal with it. Live in the moment. Present. Yeah. Yes, because then that, it, it takes so much of that fear away. away. Totally. And then you're just like, right now, yeah. it's good. Yeah. Right now is great. Totally. <gasps> Totally. You just helped yeah. me. Thank you. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, it helps me to help others. So you helped me too. Perfect. Yeah. So, well, I'm glad that, I mean, I'm glad that we can all understand that, you know, there are, there are these things in life that you have to go through and experience and feel. And if you don't feel them, how are you ever supposed to have the human experience. You know, totally. if you're if you're constantly going, no, don't do that. Don't text that person back. Wait this long, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All of those things, bullshit. Uh, How are you supposed to have a genuine, real connection with somebody? If you right. if you care about somebody, you're supposed to express that to them. Absolutely. And be authentic about your emotions. Authentic, and yes. And I feel like you and, yeah. people preach about being authentic. Mm-hmm. And then, but, but then their fear, that fear. Because yeah. when, when you, I feel like when you strip it down right to the root, it is fear. Yeah. It grabs hold of them. And you cannot be authentic when you are in a state of fear. Absolutely. It will not work. Totally. Upstairs, downstairs brain. Upstairs, downstairs I brain. I love that upstairs brain. I no, want to hang up with the downstairs. I don't <laughs> yeah. need that in my life. Thank you very much. Yes, I, I yeah. want to hang up. I want to hang out upstairs in my brain. I know. Yeah. It's, so it's, yeah. But, but you it know, is, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that's going on in this world. I, know. I think I have um, a sunroof in my upstairs. That's what mm. I, that's what I want. Oh, nice. I like it. You stay up there the whole time. Yeah. And then a little yeah. ladder uh-huh. that goes out of it. And then I could go outside <laughs> and I never have to go downstairs ever. Yeah. Put a hot wow. tub up there maybe. <laughs> that was, that's, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Right, yes. Yeah. That is yeah. a very unique way to think about that. I love it. I yeah. like that. I, I totally need to practice the upstairs. Because yeah. I, I feel like a lot of times I'm worried about everybody and I try to help everybody. Yeah. So I tend mm. to be in, yes, I'm perky, but I tend to be in the downstairs too yeah. much because I'm trying to like, <gasps> like, how do I fix everything? How do I do everything? And then you end up just, you really are a fighter. Mm. You wouldn't describe yourself as a fighter, but I'd say you're a fighter. Well, I, I, yeah, fight or flight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but this is, it's a tough, this is actually yeah. tough for me. You even asking that yeah. I'm like really feeling anxiety. <laughs> oh no. No, upstairs. I have to climb up. That's the fear. That's the fear. And you know what? A lot of the things that I like to talk about to people, Mm -hmm. when you really break it down, Mm -hmm. it's all fear-based. And I think it's probably because that's something internally for me is like when you're scared of something, it dictates your life and you can't be authentic and all of those things. And when you take a moment to kind of collect all of those ideas and Mm -hmm. you realize it is that fear, Mm -hmm. well, then you can practice, you know, not being hopeless when your fear makes you feel hopeless. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. And the saddest thing too, we know about teens and and even adults, um, suicide, a lot of people, when they go through breakups, that's a a big predictor of of suicide with young kids. 
um, mm. or no, one of the number one reasons that they take their lives. And and it's hopeless. And what we don't understand is like we learn so much from relationships and from breakups. And when you become hopeless during a breakup, it's because you're attached to that specific person, getting that specific person back. But if you can just think about the things you loved about that mm -hmm. person. And just keep those. And then yeah. also and something I think you can hold on to in those moments <clears throat> is another reason why I think you should fall in love over and over again. Because you can look back and go, okay, I loved this person deeply and with all of me. And I came out of it and was <sighs> felt so much pain, but then was fine. Yeah. And you know, you yeah. can hold on to that. That makes you hopeful. Absolutely. Like I've done this before. I got this. I can handle this. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's another Always. reason why you should stay open. Why, why yeah. conceal? No. Okay. Then with that, I, I have one more quote. Yes. Because nice. this Finish actually fits in. Yeah. And then we'll, oh my gosh, be quick. Hope is important because it can make the present moment less difficult to bear. If we believe that tomorrow will be better, we can bear a hardship today. Fantastic. And seriously, I had no idea all of this was going to talk and my quotes always work, but I want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Catherine, because you are providing hope, not just for Reno, for our families, but beyond. So I am honored that Reno is the first city to participate because where we are right now. Yes. Um, so I'm looking forward to see which city's next and how, how we all can make a difference. And Amber, I can't wait to see what you come up with, with your next phrase for <laughs> we'll the next see. show. So um, anyway, so what your website one more time. Hopefulcities.org has okay. links to all the programs. Okay. And I will be back next week and we will be, our show will be from where the sidewalk meets the home and we it's going to get pretty deep. So about Town Deb City Talk, see you next week.